Ogumbawale for the win. Hello, happy Monday, 824. It is Kobe Day here on Locked On Women's Basketball. We hope you are having a lovely day so far. Thanks for spending some time with us. I'm Gabe Ibrahim, a WNBA reporter, analyst, Twitter person for Her Hoop Stats and Winsider. Uh, I'm alongside our gym rat, Amy Audibert. Uh, Amy is has called games for the Atlanta Dream. She has called games for the uh, what's it? This the Canadian. I looked this up and then I forgot about it. What's the Canadian league? The CEBL, the Canadian the Elite Basketball League, the G League. Basically, if there's a gym and a ball, and someone wants to allow me to come in and call the game, I'm doing it. <laughs> and and guess what? You play college basketball at the University of Miami, which is also my uh, alma mater. So welcome to Miami Mondays here on Kobe Day. Uh, we do want to say that we are all missing um, Kobe and Gianna Bryan and everyone we lost uh, back in January. It feels like that was 15 years ago. Um, and, it, you know, just we, we had to get over it pretty quickly because of the pandemic and everything else facing us. But um, it was nice to see that the WNBA is honoring Kobe, honoring Gianna, honoring all of the lives lost in that tragic plane crash. So, uh, we hope you're having a great day and remembering just the fun times with all of the all of Kobe and his family. Uh, but here on Lockdown Women's Basketball, we are going to get into the WNBA like we do every single day for you today. It is our Miami crew on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It is Erica Ayala. Uh, I believe tomorrow she – I'm not entirely sure what she's doing tomorrow, actually. But I'm sure it'll be good. And then on Wednesdays, you have Lindsey Gibbs. And then on Friday – you have a Friday conversation with Howard Magdell interviewing some of the biggest names in the WNBA. But today, what we are talking about on Kobe Day, naturally, the place to start is Diana Taurasi and the Phoenix Mercury. They had some other news uh, come out yesterday uh, with Brittany Griner leaving the bubble, and we will talk about what that means. But for now, uh, Diana Taurasi, yesterday, she put on the number eight jersey with Bryant on the back of it, and put up 34 points on 8-15 shooting, got to the line 13 times, a very Kobe-esque performance. She even intimidated the refs into a couple calls. It was a perfect tribute to uh, a good friend of hers, and, and she's someone that embodies the mentality that she has as well in Kobe Bryant. Um, and it was, it was just so much fun to watch, Amy. Yeah, you know, I think as, as hoop junkies and analysts and reporters and all this, like we definitely watch a game and, you know, we, we look at offensive schemes, defensive schemes, mm -hmm. the standings and what's at stake. And of course, this was kind of a big game for that. Really, I took all that off the table. Mm -hmm. This game was about more than that. When DT came out with the number eight, you knew there was she was going to find a way to have a game. You can't put that jersey on and not you know, have a monster game. I loved, you know, the 15 field goal attempts, 13 of them were from three, right? Yep. She was just, she got on fire. And uh, that's what, to me, that's what I'll remember about this game for the season when you look at back on it. Because really, right, like you look at Phoenix and they're one of those teams that they are in the middle. They do need to win a couple more games. They're not locked into the playoffs. I hope they get to the playoffs. Phoenix is never mm -hmm. the team you want to see in a one and done situation but they needed to win that game. And, and so they, 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 they got it out. But and maybe, of, of course, who doesn't want to breeze through a game? But I think DT, I don't, I don't know her personally, but I think 
looking back on it, they got the win. And I think gutting out that type of win, that's how you honor Kobe Bryant. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only thing she could have done to honor Kobe more, because like I mentioned, like there was a foul call, a huge foul call late, where she just ran into Stella Johnson, threw her arms up. There was no call until Diana Taurasi looked at the referee and said, you better call that right now. And then the ref <laughs> called it, which is a perfect Kobe, a Kobe tribute. The only thing she could have done was taken like 18 more shots. Um, but, you know, what, what are, you, you can't be perfect all the time. Uh, they beat the Washington Mystics 88-87. Like we mentioned, Brittany Griner's outside of the bubble. However, this was um, a really nice performance for Phoenix against a shorthanded Washington Mystics who did not have – Ariel Powers is probably out for the season. Emma Miesemann was out for this game. She'll probably be back next week. So, obviously, they're shorthanded, but they're still a good team. <coughs> Excuse me. And they – uh, Phoenix just got contributions from everywhere with Diana leading the way offensively. Like I mentioned, 34 points. She also had uh, four rebounds and three assists, but they, they got contributions from every single place. Kia Vaughn had 16 points. She made her first six shots of the game. Bria Hartley put up uh, 11 points. Skylar Dink Smith was a little quiet with 10. Then you look around like Alana Smith had four blocks. She, you know, it, It's an all hands on deck mentality. And we'll get into what Phoenix is going to have to do scheme wise going forward um without Brittany Griner but this win just kind of signals to me like okay like they have the mentality at least that you know other people are going to step up other people are going to get into those spots that that they need them to be um and I think you know I'm just they may not have they they may not have earned this win but I think this is an encouraging sign for them yeah I mean listen I, I we're going to go back to her because I think we can always go back to her. You have Diana Taurasi in your locker room. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to, you're going to gut out wins and you're going to compete yep. because anything less than that is not going to be accepted. And, and it's a kind of a culture thing with it within the Phoenix Mercury. And so, yeah, I, I just, I think they had to get that win. They, mm -hmm. they are, we are now getting to the point in the season where you have to get wins. Um, if you want a postseason, if you want a postseason season, and for Phoenix yesterday, they had to get that win. Yeah. No, no doubt. They're 7-7, seven and, seven and they're um, – I think they're in – let me see. They are in the – They're in number six. Yeah. yeah. And they're – you know, they have Connecticut nipping at their heels. They have Indiana nipping at their heels. Dallas is lurking back there. Washington's kind of falling off. And we'll get into the bottom of the playoff race a little later. But they needed this win. Um, I think, you know, they – you need to beat the bad teams, and that's what they've been doing all season. I mean, they haven't done particularly well against the very good teams. Uh, they haven't beat – I still think they haven't beaten a team that is over 500. They have one win. They have one win against a team that's over 500 so far this season. Um, so you got to beat up on the bad teams to get into the playoffs, and I think this is a, a big win for them. Um, but structurally, as you mentioned, uh, Brittany Grant is out of the bubble. She had to go out for a personal reason. Uh, team is not discussing it. We don't. We don't need to speculate on it. We don't need to know why she left. All we hope is that whatever's happening is is that Brittany Griner's fine. You know, she's a great person. We want her to be okay, and we hope to get her back on the court to play basketball. But um, obviously, she's she's a baller. So whatever's happening off the court is important enough that she felt that she had to stop playing. So um, we wish her all the best. We hope everything's going okay on the court, though. This is a huge, massive loss for the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, the Mercury run before Griner went out, they run more post-ups than any other team in the league. Uh, and of their 119 post-ups before yesterday's game, Brittany Griner ran 104 of them. 
that's how much they rely on her posting up uh, in this offense. She also sets all the picks, and they're one of the best pick-and-roll teams in the league. I'm just really concerned about how you completely retool this team to not have Brittany Griner on it. Um, and I'm just thinking, you know, from a coach's perspective, what do you – like? How, do you try to keep it – do you try to keep your offense as similar as possible, Kia Vaughn kind of taking those post-ups, or do you just have to kind of – throw everything out the window and, and go some other way. Yeah, you certainly have to retool this, and there is no replacement for Brittany Griner in this league, yeah. let alone on the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, she, in my opinion, is the most dominant center in the league, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that Brittany Griner, I think maybe the most underrated part of her game, she catches that ball, you know, 12 mm-hmm. foot in. She keeps the ball above her head. She pivots. She sees the court. She's averaging three assists a game. Yep. So obviously, yes, she's a beast in terms of back to back post or back to the rim post ups. But when she can step out and see the whole whole court, they can facilitate their offense around her. They don't have that right now. Um, yep. I hope for them and I hope for the game. You're right that we do get Brittany back. But whatever, first and foremost, she's she's a human being, and we hope whatever she's dealing with that she is okay. But they they it's hard. I just don't think Phoenix is going to be able to press on successfully without her consistently consistently yes they'll be able to gut out and get some wins they should still be the bad teams but Brittany Griner is she's the most important right even on defense I mean her presence alone changes shots yeah she blocks shots but think of how many she actually changes just from being on the court so uh I don't think that this is they can just run everything the same systematically and just replace another player with Brittany Griner you've got to change the way you do it maybe you do more a five out um, a lot more moving but even that with her right they like I said they get her the ball she can reverse pivot turn and see the whole court everyone's still moving you still got four bodies that are playing off of her yeah this is this is going to be a big challenge for Sandy Brondello but at the same time she, coach has been yeah. challenged with some of her key pieces being out from time to time right and so we'll yeah. see how they respond but um, yeah you you wish her well you hope everything's okay uh, but the number two thing <laughs> is you hope she can get back <laughs> well, so when she does, if, if she comes back, um, we're not sure. Obviously, we have no idea what the situation is. But if she comes back, she is going to have to quarantine for a week. And we're about, we have like, I think, two weeks left of the season. So we're really looking at if she comes back in a week, she'll be back for the playoffs. And that'd be good. And I think, you know, that's kind of what they need. But we don't know the situation. So we don't even know if, if she's going to come back. And um, does she, do they make the playoffs? That's the issue, right? Do they make the playoffs yeah, yeah. without Brittany Griner? So it's definitely – it's all eyes on Phoenix right now. I, I agree. I mean, I think they I think they should. And we'll get into that in our in our third segment. Uh, Shouts to La Smith, though, providing some rim protection. As I mentioned, she had four blocks. If she can do that because she can shoot, or at least she, she has the illusion that she can shoot, um, she, she's going to be a huge part of them getting over the hump and into the playoffs without Brittany Griner. Um, obviously we're going to talk a lot more about Phoenix as the season wears on. Uh, but in our next segment, we're going to talk about a team that is, uh, better than Phoenix, but also struggling at the moment, the Seattle storm, uh, coming off two straight losses and we will get into everything that's happening with them. And if we are worried about them, but for right now, we want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair like I do. Everyone needs support. 
to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBD Empty have an amazing duo of products that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recovery combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica. I have to look that up for the next ad read because I keep saying I don't know what it is. I still don't know what it is. And vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters the most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they are offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code MBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code MBA for 25% off your next purchase A superior CBD products from CBDMD. Welcome back to Locked On Women's Basketball with Gabe Ibrahim and Amy Audibert. Uh, on you can hear us here. We're going to about to talk about the Seattle Storm. But if you want to hear more about the Phoenix Mercury and about the Connecticut Sun on Wednesday, Lindsey Gibbs is going to give you a deep dive into both those teams uh, by talking to a beat reporter from one of those teams. So it's a really good show on Wednesdays. It's always a really good show every day here on Locked On Women's Basketball. But right now, let's get into the Seattle Storm. They are zero and two in their past two games. They've only lost one other game this entire season. It is uh, very jarring because they kind of got blown out in both of the games that they played this week. First against the um, Indiana Fever, where they lost by six points, but they were really down most of that game. And then same thing happened against the Las Vegas Aces, where they were down by as many as 20 points and came back to lose by only eight points. Um, and had a chance to win at the end, but you know, still jarring to see what has happened to the Seattle Storm in the last two games? They are 40 point, they're shooting 40.3% from the field, which is dead last in the league. 25.5% from three, second to last in the league. Shouts to the New York Liberty. Uh, 93.5 offensive rating, which is again second to last in the league, just in front of the uh, New York Liberty. Super has not played in the last two games. Uh, we don't necessarily know her condition going into Tuesday's matchup with Indiana. Uh, Indiana certainly thinks that she is fine to play. That's a story <laughs> story for another segment. Uh, but, Amy, are you at all concerned with uh, Seattle? Are you thinking about them any differently after this two-game losing streak? No. I mean, we could talk about who, where they are in terms of last place. How about they're still number one in this league? Yes, <laughs> okay, yes, they, they still have the number one spot, so let's not forget that. Listen, uh, Seattle's going to be okay. I don't know. I like. You know, it's interesting. So you look at the Indiana game, and I always say, you Washington people were spoiled with what happened last yes. year, okay? <laughs> Most teams do have a little bit of a dip, and honestly, unless we're going to have, like, a historic season, and I know that Seattle is somewhat doing that anyways, right? Um, mm -hmm. I'm okay to have a little bit of a dip as a player. as a as, If they're, you're an experienced professional basketball player or a coach, you understand that's okay. I think that you, what you don't want to have is a great season and then get to the playoffs and have that dip. Okay. Right. So, and, and I mean, what are you measuring your dips on? Uh, also just losses. Okay. So they drop a game to Indiana. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Well, when you look at the Vegas game, you know, Duloy doesn't go one for 11 again. I don't mm -hmm. think. Right. I mean, that Vegas Seattle game came to, in my opinion, it was the second quarter. Uh, yeah. Vegas outscored yeah. them 26 to 11 in the second quarter. And, and really, yeah, Seattle put this really nice push on at the end, but that game was not, as close to me as as it looked at the final because of yeah. what 
Seattle didn't, and especially what Brianna Stewart did in the couple last couple minutes of that game. But no, I'm not concerned about them. Seattle is not a team that you want to see in a series. Uh, with their depth and their experience and Sue Bird also like you're just lighting a fire under her right when you're saying yes. that stuff so um she's what 40 years old she's gonna be still... 40 and I, I I call her a 40 year old she's not I should be more okay. kind she's not she's not yet 40 I think she turns 40 next month yeah it and, doesn't oh no matter. she turns 40 like, in October yeah and it doesn't even matter it's it's crazy because she knows her body better than anyone and and that organization respects that and if she says i'm not no. gonna go that's fine so this seattle team in my opinion they're they're fine <laughs> and i still put them in the finals <laughs> yep no I, I i agree i'm not i'm not overly concerned <clears throat> i think it's just one of those things that hey in this league no one's invincible even even with washington last year i know we were spoiled but there were times you know they they gave up um some big leads to seattle in one game i remember i was there um Seattle just kind of took it to Washington last year without Brianna Stewart or Sue Bird. There was games where they just kind of looked listless. And I, I think this is that time of the year for Seattle where it's just like, hey, you know, um, we've executed so well. We've been hitting all of our shots all season that eventually your luck kind of turns around and everyone will have a bad game at once. Well, you um, hope so, right? Like that's yeah. the way you'd hope it. Yes, please. Everyone just get <clears throat> a bad game at once. That's fine. Yeah, but I, and I don't want to make it – I don't want to like seem too – nonchalant about this like there was there is structural issues with Seattle that um <clears throat> excuse me uh there is structural issues with Seattle that make them a bad matchup with Las Vegas um they don't have like Brianna Stewart's a great defender uh, Natasha Howard's a great defender but n- no one's gonna stop Asia Wilson uh, mm-hmm. unless you're unless you're like Brittany Griner like there's no one to stop Asia Wilson uh and then they you know with Vegas is defense with their transition game they just kill you if you make mistakes and frankly Seattle just made a lot of mistakes in that first half. I mean, they just need to be careful. They fouled Asia a ton yesterday. They allowed 25 free throw attempts to the entire Vegas team. They got eaten alive on the offensive glass in the first half. They gave up eight offensive rebounds in a half and then didn't give up any other ones in the second half. So I think they're okay. Um, they were rushed. They were pressing. They, they knew they had to execute against a really good defense, and I think that forced them into doing stuff that was outside of what they wanted to do. They were taking what Vegas was giving them on that end. And, and it just didn't, didn't work out. And, you know, Hey, when you're, when the shots are going to fall, right? Like they were seven of 26 from three more shots of those are going to fall. I still think it'll be a close game with Vegas because Vegas is really, really good, but mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's not completely brushing it off. I think they're vulnerable, but I don't think they're, any less of the best team in the league. However, here's my thing. We all talk about Super. And, like, you know, I've read a lot of tweets saying, oh, we're, they're just resting Super. Like, Super's fine. Like, whatever, whatever. I've tweeted back at all those people saying, Super's 39. Super's 40. Like, she needs to be on the court. And they're like, well, it's not a big deal because they're still winning without her. Here's why it's a big deal. The net rating for the Seattle Storm with Super on the court is 36.6. The net rating with her off the court is 8.7. That's the difference between by far the best team in league history versus a, you know, a pretty good playoff team in the WNBA. That difference is the third biggest in the league behind Courtney Vandersloot, who has a 36.6 uh, uh, net rating difference, which is absolutely insane. Uh, and then Sophie Cunningham, who I'm not quite sure how she got there but it's a massive gulf between when super is on the court and when super is off the court so i think they need her because 
when they're pressing, when they're rushing, when they're not making shots, she's the person that brings them back together and groups them as the point guard. Yeah, yeah uh, you're right. But I also think they have to be able to compete without her, um, whether that be one or two games. Remember, they had to do it a whole year last year. And you have to have yeah. confidence in that Jordan Canada can start, can come off the bench. I hear what you're saying. The numbers don't lie. But I don't think that's the end all to this team. Sure. Sure. I agree. I, agree. I mean, they, <laughs> do you, they're, do you? they're still, they're still really good, but it's not like, you know, they go from it, you know, they go from, it's like last year, Washington without EDD, they go from being one of the best teams ever to being, you know, a, a pretty good team. And that's the difference between winning the championship or losing in the, in the, in your first round, the first round of whatever, you know, obviously it's not the first round. It'll be a double by team in the semifinals, but it's like, you, you gotta you gotta have all your pieces because uh, you, you you're built in a certain way, and I'd love to see Jordan Canada do a little bit more of calming down the team. That's just not really the way she plays, though. You know? No. Yeah. And, you know. So someone who that, who's I'm gonna also, calm down the team? I'm also wait. I'm not saying she's gonna calm down the team, but I'm also waiting for Natasha Howard just to like yeah. be that like consistent. This is a player that I think you could argue is kind of in that bottom of like that MVP race last yeah. year, right? With just she the was. numbers she was putting up and stuff. So, yes, I know Stewie's back, and she certainly steps into that role a bit more, but you still need to have that, you know, consistency. I think Alicia Clark's a great um, presence mm-hmm. on the court. So, I just – I think they still have the pieces, um, and I'm okay if they don't – Yeah, like, I'm okay if they if they don't have a perfect regular season. You know, that's all yeah. right. They're fine. But they're not invincible, which is the point. No. Well, that's, that's, that's what we love, right? That's what, yeah. we, that's what we want. I apologize if I ever gave the impression that I thought that because I do not think I don't no. think any team is invincible in this league ever. I, you know, I didn't oh, think that about Minnesota. Washington. Last year. Look at Minnesota and Atlanta last night, right? Yeah. Like that's this is why we show up and play the game. Any any given night in the WNBA, uh, and we're going to get into one of those any given night situations with the Indiana Fever and kind of talk about the bottom of the playoff race in just a second but we do want to remind you how you can get in touch with the show get in touch with us you can follow me on twitter at gabe underscore ibrahim you can follow amy on twitter at amy autobert you can follow the show on twitter locked on at locked on wbb on twitter definitely the best way to keep up with this program and please remember to uh subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app rate review us all of those good stuff it really helps us um and the algorithms to make us look better and it really helps us to um, understand what you guys wanted to hear from us. So, uh, again, at LockedOnWBB on Twitter to follow us. Have you ever had a candy bar and thought, man, that was delicious. I just wish that was healthy. Well, our friends at Built Bar have the solution for you. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And guess what? It's healthy. It's perfect for the health-conscious person looking to maintain or lose weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, great for a keto diet. And if you're doing a keto diet during the pandemic, just amazing for you. Very proud of you. Way to go. But the Built Bar also has offering six new flavors. There's caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, which I'm not sure what that is, but it sounds delicious. There's an almond an apple almond crisp, carrot cake, lemon almond cheesecake, anything to satisfy your tasty needs while also getting you a healthy snack. So make sure to grab a Built Bar when you are at the grocery store or go to BuiltBar.com. 
There you can get uh, potentially a free cooler with purchase. Uh, that's while supplies last. Or you can use the promo code locked on. You'll get $10 off your next order. So use the promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com and enjoy the best tasting protein bar ever. Welcome back to Locked On Women's Basketball. Right now, let's get into uh, one of the more fun topics coming out of the weekend, as we just talked about. Just talked about Seattle. We briefly mentioned um, what Indiana's coach and players had to say about Sue Bird sitting out in that game. Um, Kennedy Burke was the one who said, you know, she thought that they were arresting Sue Bird. Uh, Sue Bird then took exception to that during the Vegas-Seattle game. Uh, she said they forgot that they have to see me in the lunch line. Um, great smack talk. Right after Diana Taurasi the other night told the ref that you, you have to you're gonna meet me in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't care what anyone says. This is, league is entertaining. <laughs> this, this league is very yeah. – and, and this, the smack talk has gotten a lot better. Yeah. Uh, and Natalia Chanwa saw that, that clip of Sue Bird saying, you got to see me in the lunch line, treat it tweet out the Drake like ooh, <laughs> yeah. gift. So I'm, I'm loving the smack talk. Uh, those two teams have to play on, yeah. on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep. Uh, I that think, was the I funny think it, part. It was like the yeah. lunch line was funny or whatever. You're just like, ha, ha, ha. And then she dropped the Tuesday and it was like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to see you on Tuesday. Uh, and Eric Ayala, <laughs> I think she's going to go more in depth into that game. But I do want to talk a little bit about um, just the mentality of, of the Indiana Fever here. And I think um, it's summed up by what Marianne Stanley had to say. She basically said, like, oh, you guys underestimated us. Like, shame on you. Like, you know, we had eight players who believed in us. And, you know, we had so much heart and grit. And, you know, you guys never saw that. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, that's true. And that's great. They, you know, you believe in your team and they believe in each other. However, um, I'm not really going to take that all that serious when you are one of the worst defenses in the league. Like, to me, if your toughness starts on the defensive end, like, if you want to sit there and, and tell me you have to respect our toughness, you have to respect our grit, I need to see it on the defensive end because there's times this year where Indiana is just getting torched by whoever has the ball. It does not matter what player in this league has the ball. They can just torch, you know, any of Indiana Fever players. It's just like, I'm sorry that I'm, I'm kind of going to throw some cold water on you guys, but play defense first and then complain about us underestimating you. I would ask this. This is the question. Why do you think they struggle defensively so much? Is it because, and the reason I ask this is new head coach. Uh, yeah. We talk about, when we talk about chemistry of a team, um, we're mostly always thinking about offense. Defensive chemistry is the other half of the ball game. And you have to have chemistry on the defensive end too. And is it this team's just schematically, um, not clicking defensively, or is it they are not tough enough, or is it that they just don't have the talent to match? Uh, like, what? Why do you think they are so bad defensively? Uh, I think it's a talent. I mean, I'm not saying they're not tough. I'm just saying, like, don't don't come out us as like a, a WNBA community for saying you're not you're not good defensively, and then take that and say, oh, you guys didn't think we had the toughness to win or the heart. It's like, yeah, you guys have the heart. You know what the problem is? You're starting Julie Alamon, Kelsey Mitchell, and, Ken and Candace Supree. Like, all three of those players are sieves defensively. I love Julie Alamon. I love Kelsey Mitchell. I love Candace Dupree. But they are not good defensively. And then when you have all three of them on the court, you have Tierra McCowley struggling to 
get out on pick and rolls. She's struggling with the calls. She's not protecting the rim. Guess what? That's why you're hemorrhaging points on the defensive end. I think to me, um, that's my, and Tiffany Mitchell helps a lot of this. And so is Victoria Vivians. I think Victoria Vivians out for the season. Um, Erica Wheeler's not going to join the team. Yeah. But Tiffany Mitchell and Victoria Vivians, like really like that is their defensive, like centerpieces there. Uh, it's just, you know, you, you Man, kinda, Tara McCowan, stick her at the rim. Make everyone hit shots over you. <laughs> play <know>. zone. <laughs> you know, play play a play a matchup zone. Like watch some tape. And and uh, there's other team. I, the WNBA doesn't play a lot of zone because I think there's there's so much you have to do to yeah. install that at the professional level. Like this isn't just college where you can play a two three zone and let people shoot open shots. That's just, you cannot do that. But if you watch in the NBA, where they have a lot more time to prepare, they do play zone. Watch some tape of, you know, Eric Spolscher's teams over the past five years. Like, They're or, tough. Or even Nick, yeah. We want to talk Nurse, about toughness. <laughs> or even Nick Nurse in, in um, Toronto. Like, they play a matchup zone where it's a lot of communicating. It's a lot of moving around. It's a lot of getting your feet set. And I think that keeps that would keep Tierra down in the paint where she can protect the rim. But right now – what they're doing is not that. And that's why they're bad defensively. And I, don't, I don't mean to like say like, oh, like Indiana's not tough or they don't have heart, but I'm just saying. Well, listen, defense. I got, but in coach's defense, like she, I'm applauding her for the statement yeah. she made because you got to look at Indiana right now. They're, they're sitting at the eight seed at okay. five and eight. They, this could go one of two ways for them, mm-hmm. right? Because they could still get a postseason, which if the Indiana Fever are playing in the WNBA playoffs this year, that is a huge step huge. forward for that organization, yep. okay? And you got eight players. You're missing some big talent. Maybe you're not clicking the way you should be. What's going to clinch a playoff spot for you? Gutting out games. Yeah. Buying into game plans. Being tough. And so if that's the narrative that they are kind of really trying to sell, not even themselves, because clearly they, they believe that in themselves, but just in the people around them and their fans and everything, it is that they're tough and they can grit out yeah. games. And, you know, so what I will say to, to and this one, Gabe, is Tuesday. It's circle. Tuesday. I don't even Tuesday. care necessarily about the win-loss. Obviously, the Indiana Fever care a lot more about the win. But what I want to look at is evaluating what you said, that toughness and that grit. If that's a close game and they come out and they do their thing, then you're going, okay, you, you can get behind that a little bit more. No, and I agree. I agree. I think if they make it close to Seattle, if they don't get blown out with that very – Seattle's going to be extremely motivated for that game, whether or not Super plays. Um, I think it would be a good sign for them. And I, I think Marion Stanley's doing a great job. I think installing a culture um, is super important. I think that's what she's doing. They're, they're kind of building up a similar system to what um, the Mystics have, where it's kind of like, you know, hey, we're offense first. That's what we do. Uh, defense just has to be kind of not terrible, which it is right now for for Indiana. But they'll get there. I think I, I truly believe in this team to get there. Um, I'm just – I just thought it was funny. Like, I love – like you're saying, like, I love this league, man. Like, there's so yeah. much there's so much going on with the trash talk now. Can I also just say, like, the MVP, Kathy Engelbert, did you see her last night sitting courtside yeah. till the final buzzer of – it was the uh, it, the Washington-Phoenix game. It was, like, 11 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and there's Kathy with her mask on courtside because every time that you, you mentioned the officiate, every time there was a review, yeah. <laughs> she was sitting right beside the review screen, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, I love this league because the commissioner – 
yeah. right, is sitting there on the court to the very last game for whatever reason. Uh, and I just, I'm such a big Kathy Engelbert fan. And, and so, sorry, I just, we're talking about this league and how great it is. And just in terms of leadership and, and where it's heading, I mean, we've got to, we're in the middle of a global pandemic and yep. my gosh, here they are playing. And we're sitting here talking about storylines and basketball and the athletes and the women and the, the coaches and they're, they're doing it. They're figuring it out. And it's bigger than basketball. It is. It is. And, and I think that all, I mean, it all ties into what we're, what we're trying to do this season, right? Like, hey, the basketball's great. The storylines are great. But guess what? Brianna Taylor is on the back of everyone's name. Like, we're yep. still saying her name all season. They're still committed to that. Um, they're also committed to honoring someone who really cared about this league and women's basketball generally and Kobe Bryant on Kobe yeah. Day. Um, I just love it. I, just, I, I, love, I love covering this league. It's, it's truly special. And I'm very, very happy that we get um, the chance to do it. Um, I think, you know, we should, let's wrap up there. We'll talk about the bottom of the playoff race a different day. Uh, yeah. Quick, quickly, one, one, one pick. So there, uh, we have basically Indiana, Dallas, and to a lesser extent, Washington battling for that eight seed. Who gets it? Uh, I'm, you know, I've been saying this, you know, where I'm going to say Dallas, yeah. right? I just think yes. they're the top half of the bottom. However, Tuesday night, baby, let's go Tuesday because night. that's going to be, you know, put your money where your mouth is Indiana. But if I'm putting my own money on the table right now, I'm saying Dallas. I'll take it. I'll take Indiana. Just, okay. just to give a look. Hey, I made fun of you guys, but guess what? I think you're a pretty good team. Uh, <laughs> I, lo- I really like your coaching staff. Have fun. All right, guys, uh, have a lovely Monday. Have a lovely Kobe day. Remember to tune in tomorrow for Eric Ayala breaking down the uh, Indiana-Seattle beef more in-depth than we did. And uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong. But remember to only leave us a five-star review. That is all we are looking for so only five-star reviews for Locked On Women's Basketball. And mention the Monday crew because we're going to keep it here every Monday for you guys, and we will see you next week. Have a great one, and enjoy this wonderful league of basketball. Meet me in the lobby. How about that? <laughs>